Blog Talk Radio. Okay, audience, good afternoon. Our guest, uh, Gerald Mannix Flynn, he shall be on um, in a moment. We are attaching him through Skype. As you know, um, when you're calling overseas and you're using Skype and you're using technology, it takes a moment um, to get things adjusted. And so um, while we're doing that, while we're waiting on him, play some music. Um, looks like we have a caller on hold um, for the moment, and so we're going to play some music, relax, and we shall get started with this interview this afternoon. Thank you for your patience. Thank you. 
Hello? Hi, how you doing? Oh, okay. Did it. We're on to be. Hi. Hi. Okay. Are you also calling in using your Skype, calling my, uh, calling, calling my? Yeah, you can um, just ignore that. Okay, yeah, just uh, okay, that's cool. That's cool. All right. Um, hello, hello, hello. Good afternoon. Uh, How are good you? Good, good. Um, I am so glad that this is working out just fine. And so want to get get started um, and want to first and, and foremost um, say to, to everybody. You have a huge amount of feedback here. Are you getting feedback? Yeah, a lot of feedback. Okay. Um, yes. Okay. Are, do you still get the feedback? Still getting feedback? Yes. Please. Um, do you have your? Do you have your your? You know what you might need to do. You probably need to hit your hit mute on your. Um, well, that's that's odd. Um, if you hit mute, will you still be able to hear? Um, see if this works. See if you um, can hit mute on your screen, because I know that you probably pulled up the screen for the show. Am I correct? Let's see if that works. Can you hear me now? I can. Can, can you hear me without the feedback? Yeah, I can hear you now without the feedback. Yay! Yay! Okay, all right. So okay, we're on. Uh, all right, we're off and running. Okay, okay. so um, I want to introduce you to the audience. Um, uh, we're speaking to um, American audiences, um, and I am assuming British and Irish audiences um, who may have heard about this particular episode. And so we're featuring you. Um, Gerald Mannix Flynn, you were born in Dublin, 1957. Um, Gerald Mannix Flynn born, uh, performed in film for over 25 years. Um, in 1983, you published the novel, Nothing to Say. And your plays include The Liberty Suite, He Who Last Wins, Inside for RTE, Hunger and Thirst, Talking to the Wall, and that was performed at the Edinburgh Festival in 1987. Um, you have screenplays, Twist of Fate, Alma Malter, which is based on your novel, Nothing to Say. Um, James X, um, which was performed in Dublin, Berkeley, Cincinnati, um, the Venice uh, Biennale, London, and New York. Um, and I did get to see James X, and I tell you, there was a part of me that just wanted to just Jump up and hug you when you when you were performing because you brought it. Um, the Irish Times reviewer uh, Vincent O'Toole said this about James X: "It is about us collectively, the things done in our name by the bodies that are supposed to represent us. It is our secret history offered to us to pour over and consume, to acknowledge and own." You have a documentary way out which deals with multi-generational issues surrounding institutional control over families, performance of inclusion, and owning one's own history and destiny. You also serve as counselor to Dublin City Council for the South East Inner City area. Um, and you 
you're on you're you're a member of a, a couple of couple of boards and I'm not even gonna try to finance all those. Um this summer you ran the Marathon Irish Festival to coincide with the London two thousand twelve Olympics at Dialogue Space. And you're gonna be performing Game Fest in Krakow, Poland, as part of the Conrad Festival. And Game Fest, nothing to say, both have been published in Polish. And you're going to be in Waterford, Ireland at the Imagine Festival, the Magdalene um, Laundry Exhibition, London. That's in November. Um, Dialogue Space, uh, bringing groups and speakers together uh, to address slave labor, traffic children, rights of the mother and children, um, and how the state and church controls large swaths of society. You have a current project, Traffic, Bought and Sold, the Gathering Ireland bringing home the Irish citizens that were sold abroad, seeking justice for Irish children who were sold, transported abroad by the Irish state and the Catholic Church. That is a lot of work. And so I'd like to begin by asking you, how did you begin your journey as an artist and activist, particularly regarding your most recent work on behalf of the oppressed? Um, I suppose really you begin your life, you know what I mean, uh, as a creative person. You're constantly being creative, you know what I mean, um, from your very existence. Um, uh, so being creative and being artistic, you know, uh, came to me very early. Uh, being conscious uh, of my surroundings um, also came very early. And being conscious of something that wasn't quite right uh, had an enormous impact on me. And the environment that I was reared in, you know, would be termed in American terms, you know, the projects. You know, I was born in a working class project area. Um, I, from I, My family are, were 17 to, uh, people in the family. And, um, you know, uh, all around me there were, you know, uh, families of that size. All around me there was disempowerment. Uh, all around me were the forces of the state and the church. All around me was the uh, hand of institution. Uh, and all around me was uh, uh, individuals uh, and agents who wished to contain me as a child. Uh, and so one had to devise very creative means and artistic means uh, in order to escape the grasp to, 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 uh, to a large extent. One has to be on one's wits. Um, and in situations like that, I suppose, you tend to be in a kind of an isolation. And so in that isolation, you tend to let your imagination uh, uh, lead you. And in that kind of an environment, in an urban environment, where there was very little, uh, you know, to entertain the child, one has to kind of uh, use the city uh, as the backdrop and use the city to develop the imagination. So I was very conscious you know, uh, from the word go uh, about, you know, other means and other ways to express oneself and to live one's life. Uh, from my earlier times, you know what I mean, um, as a child, uh, you know, uh, you know, our, our district in the centre of the city, you know, was basically surrounded by a number of police stations uh, and was equally dominated by a large amount of Catholic churches. And then it was super dominated by all of their agents, etc. Um, and I suppose from a very early age, I, I, uh, I, I became a focus of their attention. 
and then I became a focus of their detention. Uh, and it's at that particular point when I realized the kind of, I suppose, the wrongs that were happening, the injustices that were happening uh, to myself. Uh, I had to devise ways in which to kind of cope with that trauma. Uh, and equally, when I saw it happening uh, to the vast amount of people around me, I had to cope with that trauma as well. One was always trying to find ways of expressing oneself, articulating oneself, particularly when there were such efforts by the state and the agents of the state and the, the, the institutionalized church to close you down, um, to contain you and to close you down and to make you voiceless and to make you presentless, you know, in that sense. So... Uh, I I suppose from a very early age to 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 take a phrase from a friend of mine, uh, I began the performance of inclusion at a very early age, and the only way to kind of try to do this uh, without yeah. falling foul of authority was to create a means. Well, how how young were you? I mean, it 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 seems to me that you know. From what you've been able to to relate, that um, you had a number of number of things that you know that that happened to you as a child, as a young adult. What opened that door that allowed you to express yourself, and by the same token, open the door for you to to speak for those people who um, could not express themselves. Well, I don't use this expression lightly, and I don't wish to kind of undermine or demean anybody. But usually, your oppressors, you know, what I mean, are rather kind of like you know, you know, kind of dull, stupid people who do a repetitive thing all the time, you know, um, in that sense, um, you know. So, you know, what one has to find ways, you know, that are, I suppose, that break the monotony and kind of you know get them engaged in being a bit more human, you know, you, you know, so the, 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 the methods and the, the kind of way to survive and live your life in those regimes with those kind of, you know, autonomous and robotic people who are basically, you know, uh, trying to contain you, trying to suppress you, uh, trying to utter you and trying to erase you. Um, if you get into the violent struggle with them, you know, they usually come out on top because there are many of them. If you engage them, you know, in a creative way, in a human way, uh, you usually, you know, despite their own misgivings or their own defects of character, the 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 light that's been turned off in them somehow comes back on again. And so you you know you can use those kind of ways in order to survive that system. Um, you know, uh, and 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 uh, and and live your life. You know, uh, you know, and try and try and try and make sense of it. Uh, and and this is a time, you know, when I was very young, before I was conscious of the big world, or conscious of politics, or, or even conscious of culture, uh, because those things, as a working class person, were not reserved for us. They were reserved for those who had privilege. And we weren't seen as, you know, people who would benefit in any way from a proper education, uh, you know, or exposure to cultures or exposure to, you know, the sciences. Uh, the class that I came out of, 
uh, and still are and from were kind of, as far as they were concerned, bred for a particular kind of manual labour uh, and, and bred for subservience. Uh, and the only way you were going to come out of that situation was by some sort of charitable gesture or if you kind of broke out of it and then totally denied your, your roots and became, you know, CEO of Coca-Cola or, or, or Google, you know what I mean? And, right. and then they could, they could say, oh, you know, but I'm in that struggle. I'm still in that place. I'm still in that journey. I was always in that journey. And it's a journey of trying to figure out, you know, what I am and what my purpose is, and, you know, trying to, you know, as I say, live out the performance of inclusion. Live out the performance of in, in, inclusion. That's something that um, that I know that during the 50s, but particularly during the, uh, the 60s, late 60s, early 70s, um, that was... Part of the part of a, a mantra of the Black Arts Movement, um, and it was a response um, to, you know, the the closed doors um, that basically said, well, um, you know, Black art doesn't have any validity, um, you know, Black art that you know that doesn't, you know, speak to. Um, what was considered to be universal, but in reality was very much westernized and, quite frankly, very, very white, very Anglo, um, was was shut out. And for that matter, um, when it came to um, women's expression, and so, um, you know, I'm I'm aware that during the the 70s um, that you began to see um, more revolutionary forms of art on stage. Um, and from what I'm seeing from your history, that you were very much a part of that, um, and very much a part of you know of, of opening those doors and talking about those issues, those conditions um, that um, previously perhaps were not um, being being addressed or not being addressed in a way that really spoke to the immediacy um, of, of people's needs and people and, and, and the immediacy of of, of those who were who were being oppressed, um, could you could you speak to that, please? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, you know, in, in, in certainly in terms of our lives, you know, what I mean, that were in the kind of you know, in the ordered place, we weren't living an interpretation of our lives, you know, or a representation of our lives. We, we were living our lives. We were living in that in that in that real struggle of you know, what I mean where the immediacy was. Um, uh, re- representation, you know, and, 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 and movement, you know, both in art, in, in terms of working class politics, black politics, religious politics, all, all became movements onto themselves. And an awful lot of us who were left at the front line looked on at these movements in the hope that they were going to liberate us from our condition and liberate us from our oppressors. And, and they didn't really do that. What, what they went on is that they, they create big movements that became part of, in some respects, that particular kind of, you know, uh, establishment. Uh, it, it's, it's important to know that any kind of representation that has authenticity always will, you know, the very powerful will want to own and close down an other. You know, it's very yeah. difficult as a, as a working class person 
and as a working class artist um, <clears throat> to basically be given the credit that you are original and authentic. They will always say that there's someone behind you, that there's someone helping you, that there's someone assisting you. And there's a great old phrase what they use, you know, when, you know, that they would hone things out of you or they gave you a platform. It's this business of ownership uh, that they're totally and absolutely afraid of. Uh, and they always have to have, uh, you know, some measure of connectivity to their great, you know, uh, almighty powerfulness. So everything that is trying to break through is allowed to get through uh, as long as you bow down to this, you know, uh, supreme society. You can become a member of this as long as you buy into its golden god, which is the god of capital, uh, the god yeah. of you know, I mean, of 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 what is you know the most you know sought after resource, which is money, uh, and you you can be uh, you know whatever you like. You can be a a monster of enormous proportions. Or you can be the nicest person under the sun, but the 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 the, uh, the 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 passport into that world is one of money. Once you get the money and the power, then all things become completely strange. So the struggle, you know what I mean, is one of where you have to have constant vigilance around the way in which they would, I suppose. Um, 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 contaminate you and institutionalization you into what they want you to do and mold you into their way uh, of being part of uh, their their situation. So the movement in America, the black movement in America, and the way that they try to suppress us and the way that they try to undermine us uh, uh, um, uh, are, are, are the exact same methods uh, and modus operandi that they use against all particular movements, irrespective, you know, of 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 color. But I I've often argued I've often argued that same point when it comes to um, so-called black film. Um, there are those who would say that they're you know that that you know that we have you know film that addresses our community, and I would actually argue that what has happened is that what may have started out as, as possibilities have been completely co-opted. Um, and so you have a small number of people who claim to speak um, speak for us and in reality speak to a number of, you know, stereotypes and, and, and scripts that seem to have already been, been made up. And so we've yet to really see what I would consider to be um, revolutionary revolutionary film. Um, we see that in, in terms of music, bring up hip hop. You're in the late '80s. Um, you know, you had um, groups like Public Enemy. You had a number of of artists who were out there speaking to um, immediacy of you know urban existence and the reality of living in a country. Um, very much ruled by race politics. And that was quickly co-opted and it became something else. It became about money, as you say, about money, about acquiring money, about retaining money. And so that message was, was quickly lost. And so I think you're in, I think you're dead on. This is 
Yeah, I mean, I think it becomes about personality and about the cult of celebrity and the cult of the golden calf. Because these are, you know, again, you know what I mean, you know, really, you know, you know, you're, you know, con- con- you know, the, the generational conditions. I mean, what we're all kind of struggling for is some measure of intimacy and some measure of privacy, which we never had from the moment we set foot, you know, on the earth, from the moment we were born. Somebody was in there with some sort of a product and some sort of a claim, even their parents. So we're perpetually in this business. But when the when the kind of unrevolutionized becomes a revolutionary and an independent one, the revolutionary movement don't like that. They don't they don't really they don't really like freedom. They only like certain amounts of freedom before before the whole thing starts to get closed down. Because otherwise people start to lose their benefits. So the the the, the you know the the, the, the hip hop, the rap, the, the 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 credibility that came out of uh, you know the urban area, the 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 areas of disempowerment all across America, soon became the kind of you know calling card of the white middle class. So everybody was going around behaving like in a very peculiar way, and it became about false identity. It became about a kind of a street credibility because nobody had real credibility. Nobody had real identity. And the people who most took to that whole business uh, and are real buyers into it are, you know, white middle-class males all over the world and females who, who, who identify with this. But when you ask them, have they ever listened to the lyrics? Most of them really haven't. So it's a little bit like kind of, you know, um, how would you put it? It's a bit like, you know, cocaine without the consequences. When you actually explain to someone that they're taking cocaine, I mean, you go back down the line and say, well, here's how many people were destroyed, you know what I mean, as a result of that one line of cocaine. Here's how, this is how it was manufactured. This is how it came. This is the level of oppression that you're supporting when you snort that. Then they'll think differently about it. The glamour goes out the door. So what's happened is, is that impoverishment, disadvantage, urban violence, criminality, have all become glamorized things. All right, and without glamorized. having to, right, and without having to, to, to actually do anything to, to, to counter that particular text, without actually having to, to get involved, you just sort of be a, you know, to, to be a bystander, to be a voyeur. And, and that's the way that I, I, I see that particular picture, that you have people who, you know, you, you buy your, you buy your hip hop, you buy your Lil Wayne, your Rick Ross. You can be a lawyer. You can pretend. You know, you can you can even even dress up. You see it on college yeah. campuses all the time. Yeah, you do see it on college campuses all the time because because people are you know as I say terrified and they don't know their own identity because nobody has sat them down you know in the early years and you know give them the maturity that they need. We're not given. The, no, the the navigational tools to find out actually who we are, that we basically are human beings on the planet Earth. And really, you know, you know, we need to kind of open up our humanity. What we are, we're born into, you know, a factory floor. Some people have the kind of cushy jobs. Other people, a lot of them, don't have any jobs at all. They're kind of waiting for scraps. So it's a whole pecking order. However, the mystery of the life and the possibility of, 
been in, in a successful life. I mean, I, I view it, you know, my emotional, mental, physical, spiritual to be successful. I'm not so sure about commercial. I don't really pay that much attention to it. But the vast majority of people see, you know, success as, as, as a big bag of money because once you get this big bag of money, you basically have, you know what I mean, as I say, the buy into the into the system. But it doesn't make, and it doesn't stand for, for happier lives, it, it generationally. So, you know, it is easy you know what I mean, for the mass media and the, you know, the commercialized world to kind of, you know, um, as I say, in there and undermine uh, uh, the art and the culture that's coming out of, you know, the urban areas. And, and it loses its, 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 its politics. It loses its edge. And what happens is it becomes completely commodified. And even politics, even radical politics, becomes commodified. It becomes very, very, very commodified. So when you look to see, you know, <clears throat> where are the new models coming out of? Where where is the new expression coming out of? Where is the new the new consciousness coming out of? Right? Like, who's going to write the song? Okay, the protest right. song about right. uh, the about uh, Occupy Wall Street. Does it have any credibility? Right. You know what I mean? Does, you know, who's going to write the song about the capitalist who's been eaten by capital? You know what I mean? Who's been swallowed <laughs> up by capital? Who's going to write right. the anthem the middle classes who are going to be decimated in the next five years all across America? Whoever gets in the presidential election. Who, who, the fear now is in middle, middle class America. It's also across the globe in, 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 in middle class society, across the globe. They're terrified of what they're going to, to, to lose. But what's wrong with them at the moment is, is that they've lost their hunter-gatherer instinct generations ago. So they don't know how to cope with this. They simply don't know how to cope with this. They're like a, lo- a lot of refugees who are up in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the forest wanting to know, you know, will there be toilet paper there? Well, and, 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 and by, by large part being, being distracted by the very same um, systems that would, you know, would like to see that people are not really paying attention, continue to not pay attention. Uh, and but, so instead of paying attention to um, the, the very real probability that many people are going to continue to lose their jobs, lose their benefits, lose their insurance, um, distracted, distracted by celebrity culture, distracted by reality TV, distracted by music that does not do anything to address the, the, the reality that we're not living in. Yes. The, contract, the contract for looking after what's being termed in America as the underclass will probably be kind of you know, put out to franchise in the next five years and will probably be given to a kind of a subsidiary of Halle Burton because that's what's happened. Like it's, a, it's a bigger amount of people who are now on the breadline who are now becoming dependent, who are now becoming codependent. And there'll be a pecking order within that underclass between those who have absolutely nothing and no education to those who have an education but don't have a place where they can actually provide their education. The great kind of lostness, the great kind of, you know, you know, struggle and possibility is about to take place. At the moment, everybody's kind of clinging on to this kind of, you know, bit of, you know, you know, wood in in in, in, a, in a in a massive storm, you know, and it's coming down the road. There isn't going to be a miracle of a job. Not everybody in America is going to get a job on Google or Facebook. The industrial 
situation is completely changed. The landscape is completely changed. And people are going to have to start, I suppose, contemplating, you know, getting rid of property, losing property, renting property, and how they're going to manage this uh, is, 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 be, you know, it's, 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 it's almost impossible because we're not going to be able to develop an economic model. On the other hand, what's even more interesting is that the faith-based organizations and the churches, they're not coming up with any visionary solution because their credibility is as damaged as the credibility of government and capitalists, you know, and military, particularly in yeah. relation to the way institutions abuse the most vulnerable men, uh, sorry, most vulnerable children and, and, and women. And, and you have this phenomenon in America. So I believe that the way they see it is, they see it as a bigger flock to be gathered, those who are leaving the folds, those who are falling out of the middle classes, those who are falling out of the socioeconomic brackets. They see that as a kind of a, as a, as a, as a, as a bigger flock to gather and, and a bigger market. Uh, to to be to be to be able to 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 deal with and 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 supply, but certainly all of the safety valves of you know social protection across the globe are the first things that are going to be undermined by this emergence of the new economic order. So much for liberation theology, and that was very much what what drove um, drove the civil rights movement in the states and what drove. Um, the human rights struggles in um, Central and South America, but now you you know we are seeing which which as you, what you say a gathering of of the of the of the flock so to speak, but not as a way of, of of liberation from oppression, but as a way of creating um, yet another series of generations of people who become addicted to. Um, what Marx once referred to as the opiate of the people, right? Um, but, and so but, that, 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 uh, we're definitely seeing that, not only from, uh, you know, the, the Catholic Church here, they're too busy fighting Obama uh, about birth control to, to actually deal with people who are, who are hungry, um, to the evangelical um, churches and, and many of the Protestant churches here who also seem to be more interested in social conservatism rather than social justice. Yes. Yeah, I mean, the um, whole business of, of, of justice and, and, and social justice, you know, was an experimental model, you know what I mean, that was more about those who are, you know, you know in, 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 the, in, the, in the business of, 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 of kind of selling this for themselves, it was more about those that were, you know, pronouncing this and announcing this than it was for those who were receiving it. You know, it was the great philanthropy where, you know, those who had an education or those who had a social conscience could start to caretake those, you know, who had absolutely nothing. And it became a kind of pseudo-participatory kind of action. If you look through the last 40-odd years of that model, you have to ask yourself, why are working classes? Estates. Why is there such abject poverty? You know, how did it manage not to combat the massive addiction to drugs, alcohol, the huge area of, of of social deprivation that we're facing in some of the most advanced capitalist cities in the world? You, you turn one corner and it's like it's 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 it's, it's almost hopeless. So again, revolutionary politics, social justice, all became earners. The economy of the poor uh, was 
you know, to the benefit of the middle classes. And the working class and the poor never got the benefit of, of the economy that their condition was creating. They just became the raw material for various people to kind of, you know, to, to go around and say, look how revolutionary I am. Uh, I suppose the most pronounced part of that is the N- NGO organizations who are, you know, out there, you know, delivering, you know, um, mission work across Africa and across the world, some of the some of the most well-known ones uh, in this country, you know, receive tens of millions of euros. Uh, and some of the CEOs of those organizations receive astronomical salaries. Uh, and, and really, when you boil it down, you know, like in this country at the moment, in, 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 our, in, in, in Dublin, 100 million euros get spent on homelessness. But, but it doesn't house people. It just basically manages them and assists them but in what does the system in? The vast amount of money is spent on staff. So it becomes, you know, a, a, a kind of a perpetual uh, a pseudo-participatory lie uh, that's advanced by those who know a little bit of Marxism and are able to twist that Marxism around and exploit that Marxism for their own good. There are very, very few, you know, in people within their own poor communities who have or are allowed exercise the kind of control that the uninvited are allowed control when they march into these communities under the guise of uh, mission work and liberation work and social justice. Uh, I come from, you know, as I say, a working class area. It is no different than any working class poor area or or, or disadvantaged area or vulnerable area in any part of the world. Um, And it hasn't advanced you know, in the boom. It hasn't advanced, you know what I mean, with all the efforts that are there uh, because it hasn't been allowed advance. Most of the people who are in the powerful positions uh, within the community are people who are not from the community, are people who are on salaries masquerading as people who are volunteering because of the kind of, you know, charitable work that they do. So I think, you know, certainly in the next number of years as the as the capitalist system begins to eat the capitalists, begins to eat up uh, the, the world, begins to, and the world becomes a privatized place, and the whole business of social protection uh, and the, the state's protection of the individuals becomes something that's operated out of a franchise, I think people will have to develop a new philosophy and a new vision outside of Marxism and outside of all of the last, you know, 300 years of philosophy that's going to be with this 21st century, you know what I mean, disregard uh, for people uh, and disregard uh, for the mystery of life. Because we're not here to be commodified. We're not here to be controlled and contained by any such system. So the process is, is that I do believe that we have a... A, a, a massive, I suppose, awakening and consciousness to come to terms with. Because there isn't any magic wand, uh, you know, in terms of how you're going to alleviate poverty. The only way you're going to alleviate poverty is by the equal distributing of what basically is the wealth of the world. out there. One is the, the persistence of religious institutions um, as intrusion um, in, into people's lives. Um, and that seems to be that seems to be a running running theme. 
you know, and the religious institutions in collusion with the state. And so what comes to mind, of course, is James X and your current campaign, The Ungathering, Traffic and Sold. And so if you want to grab either one of them, or both, go for yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, here here is issues, and the fundamental thing that's at the, at the center of them is, is other people telling us that we're their property. So it's about property. It's about power yeah. property. The Catholic Church in Ireland and the state in Ireland felt that the poor, as they termed them, and anything else, including were their property. And when young women had children out of what they saw was wedlock, they coerced these women to hand over their children to them. And the Catholic Church sold off to people, uh, sorry, in America and around the world uh, as children uh, for a profit. Uh, they usually accompanied these children with what was basically forged documents. Uh, airlines, which are still operating today, with the full uh, collusion of the staff of those airlines, and deliberately, you know, uh, the world. So, this is, so this, is, this is going on right now? Well, the thing about the stuff that's going on right now, uh, we don't have any evidence that it's actually going on right now, but we don't have any evidence that it's stopped. And we certainly don't have any kind of um, uh, responsibility that it happened, even though we know it did, because we know people in America. We've been speaking with people in America. You can go online and you, you can look up, uh, uh, um, uh, you know, Children's Rights Alliance and Orphans Alliances and those who were, you know what I mean, who were trafficked out of Ireland. You'll see it on our website, which is uh, material that was there. So what's going on at the moment now is that those children who that were trafficked 20 and 30 odd years ago are now, you know, in their 40s, some of them in their 50s. They're still trafficked people. They're still trying to realign themselves with their authentic histories, with their original selves, uh, and with, you know what I mean, uh, who they are, as opposed to uh, who the states when they erased their original past. So it's still going on today in that sense. They're still in a perpetual traffic situation. Isn't that they're in, in turmoil, in transit, and in journey, trying to realign themselves with their authentic selves. It is no different than what happened uh, to the Native American Indian children, what happened to the many generations what happened to the generation of, of children in... in, uh, in um, in, in Spain and in Argentina, all, you know, uh, uh, executed. But they were in the best interest of social justice and and trying to give people, you know, a better chance in life. When in fact what they were doing was containing, controlling, coming up and... You're fading in and out. To make it much more manageable for them. You know? If you would, could could you repeat what you just said? Because you 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 faded out for a moment. I'm, you I'm just, just saying that last I'm just saying that the powers that be, you know what I mean, are in continue are continuing their journey of ethnically cleansing, you know, and trafficking, you know what I mean, uh, for many children, 
out of the various countries that they operated under the guise of giving these children a better chance in life. They've made massive profits out of this. And as I say, these huge global institutions like the church and states that support them need to be held to account. And um, the people who this, by and large, was perpetrated are you know, people in Ireland, people in Australia, people in the UK, people in America, people in Africa. Who knows, you know what I mean, what's happening uh, in the Arab countries? Who knows what's happening in the war zones? Uh, you know, in, in this country alone, uh, we are, are trying to the whereabouts of 600 children that were trafficked into this country and somehow managed to vanish uh, while they were actually, you know what I mean, supposed to be protected by the state. So, as I say, the issue of trafficking, the issue of the, of the as the property of the religious congregations of the, the church and the state, uh, and the disregard they have, it needs to be really called into question. So, we are in this, I suppose, continuation of what went on, you know what I mean, you know, a hundred years ago, is still going on today in different guises, uh, with different labels and different branding uh, in relation to the way it happened. So that, uh, we reckon that, you know what I mean, that was, you know, you know, uh, you know, thousands of children removed from yeah. their mothers illegally, yeah. sold off. Um, you know, um, um, this is a country that would pride itself on going out to other countries to do mission work. And yet, to the mission homeland, Nothing holds trauma and misery to many, many years. But even a lot of middle class members, you know what I mean, who are not part of the story because they haven't actually had the opportunity to be part of the story. This stuff. Uh oh. You just faded out again. You can hear me now? I can hear you now. It's just that what's, what's really missing from the story is the, is, the, is the social history of middle-class women who lost their children in such circumstances. Or whose children were right. circumstances. Because, you know, it would be completely mind-bogglingly mad to think that only working class and poor people and poor women Yeah, he faded out again. Yeah, good thing. Okay, we we lost about 30 seconds. Yeah, we lost about 30 seconds. You were saying that middle-class women in Ireland experiences losing their children um, to this this trafficking system. Is that correct? That is correct, but we're not hearing their story. We're not necessarily hearing their story because the middle classes, as I say, are always, you know, concerned about, you know what I mean, you know, uh, will it affect them? Will it interfere with their business? You know what I mean? They're, you know, they're always fairly contained and secretive. So they always want to distance themselves from the kind of traumatic, you know, stories of the poor. So they tend not to kind of get engaged, you know what I mean, with the everyday and these particular occurrences. And they're missing from the social history. What I'm saying is that that's, it would be most unlikely that if no middle-class women had children out of wedlock 
or children in similar circumstances to the many children that were taken away from working class women or what was deemed as vulnerable women uh, in, the, in, the, in the time that they spent in the mother and baby homes uh, and the institutions of this state. So what, what we're hearing is, again, is this tragic story, you know what I mean? And it's been made a tragic story because it's been mainly kind of, as I say, exposed by the middle class media and exposed and dealt with by, you know, uh, the, the very powerful who are in the mainstream media. And it usually is, you know, one of tragedy and awfulization, you know. So it needs to be studied up that this happened to a society. It didn't just happen to a class of people, although but were disproportionately represented in it. Well, I think it becomes it becomes easier it becomes easier to dismiss it if it's seen as well. That's something that that you know that that happened to, to poor folks, you know. Kind of a sympathetic mission worker, but they're making it like you know, you know, a charitable gesture, you know, and they're it's it's again they're bestowing on it, you know, in this. People. We must help them. Do, do, do you know what I mean? Like that's the way it is. They're not really saying, you know, what I mean that this is, you know, a a, a human scandal. They're not dealing with that. They're, they're still managing to kind of, you know, mitigate the circumstances. They're still managing to minimise it, and they're still from what has actually happened uh, in this country uh, and locked up in its gulags and in its institutions. I want to ask the question, what all across the globe? What were they doing right. in these countries? Right. Um, right. So, one of the things that, um, that you know, you talked about, you know, locked up, so to speak, and, I mean, and then that's really where it's at, I mean, what you're really um, talking about, among other things, is the idea that, you know, that human bodies, you know, become um, commodification, and if you're being transported uh, transported abroad to places unknown, you're not only left without an identity, but you're also, you know, you, you really are property, which is pretty much the essence of what, what happened to my ancestors and Quite a few of your ancestors as well coming here to, to to the state, and so one of the things that I picked up from um, seeing James S is the is the notion that once the state has um, access to your body, that you do not have a say as to what happens to your body, and that that can have an impact on your on your spirit, and so. If, if you would, could you talk a bit, talk a bit about that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, again, the body, you know, what I mean, and the and and the the ownership of the body, you know, one has to go and you know look at almost like you know what the Christ figure allowed to, you know, when they wanted him to renounce what he believed in politically and what he believed in spiritually, and he wouldn't renounce it. And the last thing that the Christ figure has left. Uh, is the body huge pain? Is uh, right huge pain in order to control uh, 
and you know they they do horrendous things. Uh, we are told, uh, and you know he is defiant right up uh, to the very last moment, even to the why have you forsaken me? And he says, you, you know, you, you can't have my body, but you can have my spirit. Interesting. So, you know, you know, the American, you know, security is huge lets to constantly get the voices to 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 pin you down, to hang. You know, the, the, the mere, you know, mystic and the manifestation of the body, both in sexual, intellectual, spiritual, mysterious, every single aspect of the body, they're always to do it. Random signs. What? Yeah. How are you going to operate a set of traffic How are you going to operate in a shop? How are you going to buy this? Why you buy that? Why you make those phones? Why you buy? They're constantly obsessed with this because, like nature, they wish to control us. Okay, and the more they try and control the nature, the more things kind of like you know throw them off. So there is this business whereby the people who see themselves as the moral guardians, who see themselves as the appointed high priests, you know, what I mean, wish to dictate towards a bogus vision uh, and a bogus philosophy. You know what I mean. That basically is about their will being imposed on our bodies and the way we go about our business. So, for them all, and it's again male orientated, is the obviously the women's body trying to control that situation. You know, that's what they're always obsessed about doing the way we dress, the way we eat, the way we clean ourselves, all of those issues are really, really important. So, the situation, I suppose, is you know, in relation to you know the, the the you know not too long ago the the blood that was taken from prisoners in America and the way they controlled that and the complete disregard that they would send out all that blood around the world. The most recent one, I suppose, is, is organ harvesting, which is you know becoming a huge issue. Uh, the one most recent one in Ireland they discovered where deceased young infant children uh, whose rem- Detained in the hospitals, and the hospital sold those remains off of So the body, you know, the fingernails to your hair, you know, what I mean, is a forensic uh, economy for people, and they want, they want, they want, to, they want to own all of this. The the church and the faith-based organisations want to deny all of that and then want to close it down more and more and more and more and more. So in this country, in Ireland, I mean, the church on stage of the game, uh, way back in the 40s, wanted to bring in a law which would give the church control of individuals getting into cars in the same way they felt they had the control to interfere with what, what, what went on in the bedroom between a married couple. So again, it's this... What's that? Act, human life and nature has its own order They're to impose the will on it. So basically what it is is the essence of conservative facts, you know what I mean, where you, you know, where they want to kind of modify uh, crops to the way you grow your hair and to the way you are. 
and to the way skin color is toned and represented, all of those things they wish to control and contain. That's, that's, that's what the system uh, out there is. That's what the capitalist system is. It's about controlling you as a, as a commodity, you, you as an earner for them. Uh, but it's always about you never ever being able to get the benefit of that. The strength and the point is you being able to be uh, um, um, the state in your own life, in your own story, in your own destiny, in who you want to be, whichever way you want to be. It's not about, you know what I mean, citizenship. It's about personship. That's what it's about, you know what I mean? And the, you know, the organized faith-based religions and faiths who are now controlled by the very money. It's about opening up yourself to what you believe is your journey and willing, you know what I mean, to stand in that journey with yourself. Most people, if they were to be, uh, at, be present in their lives and where they were present in their lives would be hard-pressed but what they would find in their lives, they would find, you know, uh, you know, telephone companies, utility companies, uh, car companies, clothing companies, uh, you, know, you know, children companies, you name it, husbands, children, etc. But they'd be, yeah, they won't be to themselves, if you know what I mean. And the um, kind of gives you the strength and the power to be able to be vigilant and fend off attempts to colonize you as a person uh, and to right. kind of herb any individuality out uh, of your life. Exactly, exactly. And, and, and I like that word that you use, you know, colonize. You know, I think that there is a, a, perhaps a misperception that somehow, you know, uh, colonization, um, you know, was something that, you know that that was wiped out. You know, with the with the sixties and seventies, that somehow that that was something that you know was somehow muted or at least um, you know pushed to the side. But actually, in in some ways, what we're really looking at is 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 an explosion of of that concept. And so, instead of of living in a post-colonial age, we are still living in in, in in an age in which it's not just, um, you know, African countries or Asian countries or Latin American countries being colonized. We're talking about a, a, a global notion of colonization. And instead of the powers that be being countries, um, what we're really talking about is corporate, global corporate interests, conglomerates, uh, colonizing um, entire populations of, of people and using those tools, those institutions that were already put in, in place. And so that's, that seems to be, am I correct in, in saying that, that that seems to be the direction that you're going theoretically? Yeah, I mean, that is the direction. I mean, as I say, that's, you know I mean, that's the same story that's been played out for quite some time. You know I mean? The advancement, you know I mean, of total and absolute privatization of the world, total and absolute control of air, land, and sea, and everything that you eat, sleep, and drink. That's the way it is. You know, you know next minute they'll be actually wanting to know what's going on in their head, you know what I mean, and what way. That's what they're actually trying to do. They're trying to figure out what way you're going to think when you walk into the shop. So you've got the colonization, you know what I mean, you know what I mean, and the and the and the commodification of your life 
that the minute you walk out the door, these people are able to track you because of your mobile phone, etc., etc., etc. So it's it's you know, and it's you know the cameras all on every corner. Yeah, cameras on every on every corner. When I drove up to New York uh, uh, Monday Monday, I, I it disturbed yeah. me. You see that that you you can pretty much be tracked from the moment that you leave your house. It's only when you say to yourself, okay, you know, you, you do an exercise, you know, and say to yourself, you know, I, I'm going to do something wrong today, you know what I mean? And then see how many people are in your head that are not to do that. Right. Do, right. You know, that's what you've got to watch out for, you know what I mean? How many people are in your head telling you not to do this? And you have to ask them, how they got in there? Do you know right. what I mean? Even though you have to do yes, something Yes, I do. Wrong. I do. Yes, but, I but do. I, even if you, in terms of our own sexuality and how that manifests itself, the amount of, you know, people that are in our heads who are from our childhoods, you know what I mean, to the, all of the different signs, et cetera, et cetera, because nobody really informed us as to what it was. So you're, you know, you know, in Ireland, you know, you'd be constantly trying to deal with, you know, religious iconography in your head. You know what I mean? Because it's a, it was a sexuality and sex was a completely closed down taboo. So much so it was obsessive. And it's going to take generations, so, you know what I mean, to get it, you know what I mean, you know, all, all of that situation into its proper place. Because what's happened is, instead, where we are certainly colonized as individuals, but that colonization is a contaminant, you know, that, that blocks us, you know what I mean, in our, in our, in our, in our, in our past. Uh, yes, and it can have an impact. It can have an impact on how we, you know, how we shape our sexuality, um, how we relate to to others, and in, in in whatever path that we take. But it can also have an impact on on our art as well. And and I can tell you that that was definitely something that, you know, that that I dealt with. My book deals with that and deals with the ways in which black women's bodies constantly being policed, but more importantly, this notion of self-policing, self-colonization, um, you know, self-segregation, in which, you know, you have this programming that goes on from an early age, on the one hand, being told that anything regarding, you know, sexual expression or even creative expression um, was, was a no-no because it violated um, you know, the notion of respectability. And so it's always the, the extremes. Either you're going to be completely desexualized or you are going to be over-sexualized. There's no room to express your full humanity. And so when you find that, that is, that's the script that's been thrown at you, what you're really being asked to do is to deny your full humanity. And so if the church and, you know, with with the Catholic Church in particular, its, um, you know, its icons, its script, you know, the messages that are being, you know, programmed into children from a young age to adulthood, you know, what is female sexuality? Female sexuality is you, you give birth to children until you die. Um, you don't have a sexuality other than what's being imposed on you. That's the script. But that script dehumanizes you. You're not able to to express yourself because you're supposed to be your husband's commodity. You are the state's commodity. Your children do not, um, they, they don't have 
any any ownership either. And so definitely see that and definitely see the, the, the links. Um, there are more links than not when it comes to um, experiences with regard to the Irish experience and um, the African-American experience. Art dealt with the whole notion about, you know, your your race and having to somehow countertext the racist text, but in, in a way it, you become reactionary and you're so eager to, to respond to the reactionary that you don't have time to, 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 to be yourself. Um, I mean, so, I, mean the, I don't know. Is that, are we on the same page with that? Yeah, we're on the same page with that. I mean, what they are really is that they are they are they are projections of other people's fears, you know, which are basically embedded onto us or reflected into us as norms. So what we carry is a huge amount of other people's fear. You know the old saying: most people fear climate and never. basically like lock themselves up every day for in total fear. So this was their fear, you know, and you know, they gave us you know, you know, grotesque representations of the body and sexuality. So, you know, you know, the 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 the, the they're, they're, they're constantly projecting their fear, you know, and their frustration and their anger onto us. Because because basically uh, they're with the problems that they have in themselves, they see them. They, you know, they, you know, they see them as others. They mistake. Fade it out again. They, they, they believe that this is a vision and that this is a calling, when it's not. It's their own insanity. You know what I mean? And they're trying to impose that insanity, you know, on people, with their understanding of the human person of the mystery of the human person, you know what I mean? So they're not really kind of, you know, you know, in, 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 in involved in that. But again, it's that whole way in which, you know, children, you know what I mean, are, 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 are sexualized, you know what I mean, you know, you know, commoditized and sexualized, you know, in, 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 in every respect. Yet nobody talks about child Nobody talks about when that starts to manifest itself and what is it. Yet we constantly hear stories of children in, you know, in various acts uh, of, 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 uh, of, of explicit sexuality with each other in school and school proms. You know, we constantly get uh, uh, headlines of children in schools, uh, you know, very, very young children texting each other most explicit stuff. Uh, you know, through their iPhones, yeah. you, you know what I mean? And we simply cannot, you know, contain or control it because it's not controllable. Um, and so you have this machine in a child's hands and it's a, it's a, it's a lethal device. And the one thing to be able to control that more and more and more are the Googles, the Facebooks and the IT companies who want more and more of this product in younger and younger hands. So everybody... In the house in Ireland has a mobile phone, including the kids. So years ago, when you did something wrong in the home, you got you know you're you're staying in tonight. Nowadays, you no know, taking the mobile phone off because everything's happening through this device. You know, so that the concentration is going in. So that they have your complete attention and the mystery of what's going on in the app. In, 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 it, it, it's, been, it's been IT, 
you know, as I say, it's been all waiting for the next, the voice to come. You know, a classless, you know what I mean, society of they wanted to be kind of like an you know, elite kind of peculiar Hollywood version, you know, of 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 of, of what it is and where they want to fit us into. But all they are human society. And even the, the the unfortunate millions that are in jail in America are part of a massive consumer society that is the society of the penitentiary and the society of the economy of the imprisoned. The vast right. money go into various individuals' hands those on those situations. So, you know, you've got this situation about like there's no more left. Well there was never a left and there was never a right. There was just these kind of opposing factions that were kind of, you know, playing out these you know you know Lots of people talk about 1960s, the Martin Luther King, the first fight, you know, upheaval in Ireland, you know, and what brought us and the situation where you have, you know, Barack Obama, where you have peace in Northern Ireland, where you have a, a secular society in France. But it didn't make massive socioeconomic difference to the poor. No, it, no all of those poor places. It, it didn't make a difference to the fact is that tens of millions of people are going to be on the breadline globally very shortly. You know what I mean? It didn't it didn't make that much of a difference. You know what I mean? So you know, you can't philosophy. You can't, you know, push, you know what I mean, the speech of Martin Luther King or the philosophers of mm-hmm. the riots and on the table Hey, let's eat this. You know, it's 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 good sustenance when you're in struggle. You know what I mean? But, but where is it now? Where 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 is the charter? Who's building this universal charter for us that actually is going to ensure our freedom rather than trying to point up another kind of revolutionary movement or another left wing movement or another right wing movement? Who who's going to stop the big kind of you know uh, overwhelming? Say the Islamic <laughs> under the of regimes of terror and, and and weapons of mass destruction, which is completely bogus. You know, who's going to come and stop all of it and say like this is you know absolute you know you know serious serious folly? Well, I suppose in some ways you know process of uh, like what well, uh, is rejecting, you know what I mean? This crazy way in which the globe uh, and you know the people of the globe uh, are being. Uh, but I find you know, this is more or less being run by conglomerates, been, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, corporations who've got such vast amounts of money. I mean, you have to ask yourself. Where did the wealth of the world go? Who who went into the pockets? going into the pockets of the one percent. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it's going. One <laughs> percent. It goes into the into the one percent of individuals 
who controlled the whole, you know, you know, economic situation. So what you're saying, what we're saying here at the moment is, is that the economy of the world is over, and the economy of nations is over. And this kind of like you know struggle that's going on between you know Mitt Romney and Barack Obama, where they're talking about jobs and economy, you know, the economy of Ireland, you know, went a long time ago, and it's in the hands of the banks and the troika and the you know the lending houses of Europe. And the chances are we'll never go back. You know what I mean? America, you know what I mean? Its economy is in hock to China and anyone else that will lend America money. And American people need to kind of, you know, American citizens need to wake up to this. And hopefully what was kind of a, you know, a kind of peculiar attack that can be sent into various areas, you know what I mean, you know what I mean, to, to, to overwhelm them and to close them down. So where do we go, you know, in the next 10 to 15 years uh, with this particular thing? It's not going to go away. The people that the 1% of the world that have all the wealth aren't going to come out and start making new jobs. They're not going to start making new industry. The other half the workforce in China that can basically supply the world with useless goods uh, for the uh, for a very You know, uh, I was in, um, uh, what you call it, I was in uh, 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 um, Boston, the Boston area recently, performing in Woodchester. And I went by this uh, beautiful building which had been built in the 1950s as a, as a point to those who'd given their lives in the Second and First World War uh, for freedom and for fraternity and all of the great uh, um, um, issues. And the flag uh, that was on the pole looked really very proud as it flew there, the stars and stripes looked really good. The, 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 the building that looked slightly and closed down and kind of slightly kind of odd because the beautiful uh, doors had placed by kind of plastic doors. And then I noticed that the flagpole was You know, that the flagpole... You faded out. Had, oh, I'm sorry. I, I just noticed that the flagpole that the stars and stripes was on was completely rusty. Oh. You know, and it just, it, it spoke volumes to me that this was, you know, you know, where America was at the moment, that it had this immaculate flag uh, flying proudly on a flagpole that hadn't been painted in probably uh, four years. So the flagpole was totally kind of rusty. <laughs> do, do, do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. I come from one of those regions where, um, where industry left Cleveland, Ohio. I come from I come from one of the, the so-called battleground states, and that is one of the issues of seeing um, industry leave um, leave that state and you know and and go abroad. And so yeah, and 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 I'm familiar with um, with Worcester. Um, I used to live not too far from there. I mean, we're, we're looking at a kind of an end game, a, a ritualistic kind of symbolic end game. You know what I mean? Of a a a a a, a peculiar um, uh, massive world wars, the first and the second world war. You know what I mean? Uh, that we would never ever want again, and that we would always be cherished, and that we would always be loved. Uh, 
and and honoured, and 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 that our rights would be enshrined. And an absolute opposite has happened, because um, the system of capitalism has eaten the capitalist. You know what I mean? And it's now eaten states, and it's eaten countries, uh, and it's now all of that wealth, which basically, you know, is only the kind of like golden calf. You know what I mean? In in, in biblical senses, you know, is now in the hands of these individuals. You faded out again. Sorry, they are now trying to stop us from the desert. Right. You know what I mean, I mean yeah. that's what so, they want. They want to, they want to hold us captured, and they want the hostage, and they want to hold us in bondage to this dependency on them and their hands. Ridiculous. As democracy, you know what I mean, and the freedom. Say that again. It has to start cherishing and feeding its poor, its vulnerable. I do believe that, you know what I mean, there's maybe some hope to be guaranteed out of the fact that for the first time since the triumph of the middle classes, that the middle classes are now in decline and are now in failure. And maybe all that education that they actually managed to get on the backs of those that they had working for them, maybe put to some benefit and maybe they'll come up with a way out of this impasse. In collaboration of brothers and sisters within the working class areas and within all those areas that were so divided uh, between class, creed and colour that we can actually form situation, you know, around the fact that at the end of the day... You say it out again, was it in the day? I said we are going nowhere if we cannot feed ourselves. Yes. Cannot feed ourselves, cannot shelter ourselves. We cannot go anywhere without each other. We cannot go anywhere without each other. And if you want an example, you know, of where the economy goes, take a look at the economy and take a look at the take damage. Go back again. You said take a look at what? Take a, take a look at where economy, okay, and capital and capitalism has taken us. Yes. Take a look at where the banks and government and deregulation has taken us. It's basically chopped off tens of millions of people, you know what I mean, you know, you know what I mean, and thrown them off the edge of the world. You know? Yes, you yes, that is. The great saying from WBA, and it is along these lines, tread softly because you tread on my dreams. What's happening at the moment in global terms is an absolute trampling on the dreams of people. Hmm. Would you say that that um, would you say that that is that would serve as one of one of uh, one of your engines um, when you when you when you create your art? Would you say that that's one of your engines? 
Yeah, it's certainly yeah. one of my engines because, you know, with art, you know what I mean, you, you know, most times with art, you don't have money. You don't have, you're, you're coming from an impoverished situation. You're coming from a situation of, you know, of little resources. So you have to really be able to, you know, be, 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 be you know, you know, uh, fit for purpose. So I try and develop ways of informing people without trying to indoctrinate them or hit them over the head. I try to bring people into the process as public and keep them informed as public. I don't try to try and hit them over the head with culture and art or to close down the political thing through art. I try to make it an everyday and I try to pull the culture and the artistic nature of into the background um, as a, as a uh, transportation tool and method of being able to to bring people from place to place, you know, through the speed of light, rather than me standing up and saying, oh, here I am, am I a great artist, or am I this, or am I that, or, you know, am I really a politically sussed individual? I'm just a person, you know, who is trying to stay within my day, you know. I, I'm, I'm a person, you know what I mean, who still, you know what I mean, has the residue and the atmosphere and the uh, of incarceration, uh, and, you know, oppression sitting every morning on my shoulder, you know what I mean, uh, and, and, and sometimes throughout the day. You know, I, 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 I'm not, a, you know, a part of anything. I'm a part of it. I'm a part of the daily life of the city that I live in and the daily life of the world that I live in and the day that I have. So any means that I have that's able to cut, you know, in a, in a meaningful, you know what I mean, uh, a dignified way, an important way, truths that they are feeling, but they may not be able to articulate, or a, a nightmare that I haven't, that they may not be able to share, that I can share. Well, then that's the way you know, I would do it. I will always try and avoid, you know, the uh, theaters as such. I will always try and avoid the exhibition houses and the art world and the art community, as I see as rather kind of bogus. And I'll always be trying to come out of a place of my own shared truth uh, and and my own sense of uh, 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 the communion with others. And I, I'm always trying to do that. I'm always trying to, you know, um, you know, work as a politician, you know, work as an artist, uh, live as a person in a relationship, live as a, a an individual with a a, a a a a huge amount of experience and history. I'm always trying to own that. I'm always trying to make sense of it. Um, you know, uh, I, I cannot ever see myself availing or being able to settle down, so to speak, in any kind of settle down kind of way. Um, I believe everyone has a standing contribution to make uh, to our lives and that once we do that, we can share those with the lives of others. So, yeah, creativity, uh, cultural potency... Yeah. Is it to get across? Uh, to get across, yeah. Very good, very good. How do you? I mean, you know, when I first when I first noticed that you existed on this planet, and this was, I guess, sometime in February 2011 when I first uh, I saw you on YouTube, and I was like, oh my god, this guy's rapping, and he's in the middle of Dublin, and he actually has. Flow, 
and I and I noticed that you were you were running for for office, and that was when I had first um, you know friended you on 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 Facebook, and then to discover that you were coming to the states, I was like, well, you know, I know I got to see see what this is all about. But I've always been amazed at the ways in which you have been able to blend what you do as an artist, as an activist, with what you do while serving um, as a um, as a councilman um, for for Dublin City Council, um, how has that? How have you know? And, and you, you've already kind of mentioned the, the, you know the, the creative uh, potency. Um, how do people? Um, how do people react to to, to that? The, the fact that you you're an artist, but you're also a politician, and here in the United States, it doesn't seem to doesn't seem to match up very well. People don't seem to say too well to artists who are actually who are politically active. Well, you know, I mean, I just get by with it. You know, I'm just another person in the shop. You know, I mean, trying to kind of, you know, you know, get a fresh uh, head of lettuce. You know, that's it's cool. It's cool, and, and so you know, it's very, very matter of fact. So you know, I, I don't really get that. You know, engage myself with what other people think about me or say about me. I, I you know, because. Once I do start going down that line, you know, ego takes over, you know, fear takes over, you know, what are they thinking? Am I doing the job well? I know that I'm doing the job to the best of my ability. It's all the jobs that I do. I know that I live a life that is, you know what I mean, for me, you know, beyond my wildest dream, you know, in many aspects, given where I've come out of. And um, I'm constantly in a process of, as I say, um, you know, uh, a process of inclusion, of the performance of inclusion, constantly trying to move that across. What, once I sit into the council chambers, not everybody agrees with me, and most of my colleagues would disagree or try and undermine me, as politics does that situation. You know, I mean, everybody, it's like, you know, it's like politics reminds me of kind of like being in a, um, you know, a, 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 a dog refuge center, you know, where it is um, you know, an animal refuge center. You know, uh, everybody's sitting in the cages, and as soon as someone comes in, we all assume that we're the one that they're going to take home. <laughs> jumping and licking, and um, you know, and you know, uh, you know, you know, that's 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 the way it is. Do you know what I mean? Like you know, you know, and um, you know, but we don't know that difference. But we are in there performing. Hopefully, that you know, we're. I, I'm not really kind of. I'm in that specific job. The specific job is is that it is unusual for someone in my life, someone coming where I'm coming from, would actually end up as a councilman. I hope the fact that I am a good friend who has said to me that people from my background would also. That's the most we can do is that you may wish to actually that I may reflect to them, you know. You know, you know, something good that they may say, I would that. I, I would like to that's a possibility. That you know, that that you know, because in a lot of the life, you know, in, of the of of the community that I come from, they're constantly undermined and closed down and dismissed. Yes. Yeah. I noticed that I I've noticed that. I've I've actually had a chance to watch you in action on online um, because uh, Dublin City Council occasionally uh, broadcasts their, their hearings, and 
I've noticed that um, that you know you'll you'll bring something to the to the table and um, it's almost a reactionary kind of response that you get from some of your colleagues uh, without even having a chance to to actually fully express what you you know what your um, what, what what your issues that you're bringing to the table and so I, I've noticed I've noticed that. Most of the actions that I get against myself is coming from the left wing, who basically see me as insubordinate, you know what I mean, because I to, you know what I mean, their, you know what I mean, subversive nature. These are the left wing that sit across the road and dictate all the time, are trying to, you know what I mean, their view of the way they're going to liberate the oppressed and the working class and the vulnerable and the disadvantaged. I'm, sit, I'm sitting there listening to them talk about my community and the people in that community in a completely patronizing, fake, Politics is fake. You know, we're in there, in and in a, you know, it might as well be kind of like you know, you know, uh, you know, you know, Big Brother or you know, it, the X Factor. It's the same kind of thing because what it is, one of the biggest avoidance of the truth. You know, it's one of the biggest avoidance of the truth, and it's a masquerade for authority and power. But when you actually examine the politics that are in there, there's no politics in there. Very, very little politics. There's a lot of engineering and maneuvering, but there isn't any vision, there isn't any politics, and you'd be hard pressed, you know what I mean, to try and to get up any any joined up action. Mind joined up thinking, you know that kind of way. So you know, and and you know, through the kind of mystery and nature itself, nature takes care of most of the business, but I think that they take care of nature, which is nuts. That sounds awfully familiar. Uh, <laughs> well, nobody names, but we've got a similar situation here um, in, in in DC. With, you know, the, the the patronizing attitudes. We know what's best for you. Um, you know, purporting to speak, and you do have a couple of folks who are you know who are in your position. But you know, if you haven't lived that experience, if you're not really interested in in, in actually listening to, to to people who are living that experience. Um, then you know it'll, it'll just fall to pieces, and and so I definitely see see where you're coming from on that on that account. I mean, most politicians think they're actually in some sort of mission mode. You have a kind of a kind of a, a, a kind of a peculiar cross between spirituality and a kind of a a, a kind of politics. There, there's a huge amount of false self within this situation. You know, but really at the end of the day, they're all there to do the business of the business for the business. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, that's that's really what it is to get the economy of your place going. Because once you can sell enough goods, you'll be able to help the poor. That's the philosophy. If we sell, 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 we'll be able to build the social housing. But we need to be able to sell off the property that the social housing is on in order to get houses and to get money to build the social housing. This is the kind of models that they're that they're, that they're rolling out. And you know, but you know, I, I always see it. You know what I mean? That's you know, I, I never felt that Moses was wandering in the desert. I always felt that they walked around the desert to get rid of slavery. So that when they went out of the desert, they would have a generation of people born in the desert, but born. So I think we're on this perpetual, you know, this continuous journey out of this kind of, you know, slavery. I think it'll be another probably 20 odd years before people realize that the systems that they have now, which are you know, always using the word democracy and freedom are the very things that actually are imprisoning them. You know, and, you know, there's an awful lot of 
oppression committed in the name of freedom. A huge amount of enslavement created in the name, you know, of the democracy. You know what I mean? And that we all become kind of like commodity slaves. So it's 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 it's, it's really about, you know, people participating in their everyday life and in their everyday journey with full awakeness. Um, and the problem I, I see is that a huge amount of people in society don't actually really engage themselves with these institutions that manage them and govern them. And we're not taught that. No, we're not. We're not taught that. And um, we're, not, we're, not, we're not encouraged, and particularly um, the, the, the generation coming up. We have a situation here in D.C. where you have a whole generation of young people who believe that because we're not a state, that there's no need to vote, there's no need to be informed, you know, who your own councilman is, who your own um, ANC is, no, you know, need to find out who serves on, on, you know, school boards and what have you, and then, you know, kind of wonder, well, what happened to our, you know, financial aid? What happened to, you know, all of the, um, you know, programs that were supposed to, you know, to keep us afloat? And my response is, are you registered to vote? <laughs> Are you ready to vote? Do you actually read the newspaper? Do you do something other than expect that it will all just sort of fall into place? You have to get active and you have to get noisy about it. You can't just sort of sit back and hope for the best. Yeah. That's, that's not going to happen. You see, that's where the state gets them, you know, codependent and then makes them dependent. And, you know, all, and, and sedates them, the great sedation, you know what I mean? That, like, you know, you know, uh, you know, that they actually don't understand what it is that it is. So when they're looking for stuff and they are surprised that they're not getting it, they don't know who to get it from. So you're right, they don't know who's on the board, you know, who's on the school board, you know, who appointed them. And, you know, they have a movement on those. So they... Right. The responsibility of their own lives, and that's where the main kind of problem is. Most people, like you know, want to have this kind of you know, settle into this false sense of security, settle into this you know, the, the business that you know everything is okay. Well, it feels it cannot be good. We have somebody um, who has called in. Um, caller, are you there? Yes. Hi, um, could you introduce yourself to, to, to me and Nanny? Uh, yes, I will, Sherry Ann. This is Scarlett from North Carolina. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. How are you? Um, I'm we're good. It's good to about... talk to you again. Oh, good, good, good to talk to you. Um, so we are talking about, um, among other things right now, what we're talking about is, you know, being active, being participatory, and, you know, and not just sort of standing back and allowing, um, you know, life to just sort of happen in particular, the, you know, the political process. And I offered the example of what I see going on here in, in D.C. with a lot of the young folks and quite a few of the, of the older folk as well, not really, um, you know, getting involved. And relating that to what Manic sees as an ongoing issue um, with regard to, to Dublin. Um, could you could you share with us your thoughts? Well, actually, I, I wanted to call in and just say hello. I feel I've been listening to the show. Your your conversation is 
fascinating. And hello, Mannix. I tweet with you every now and again. Um, I just wanted to say I think that you are a very courageous person, and I love your dedication to exposing truth, especially when it's ugly. Um, I have a lot of admiration and respect for you, and I think you're truly what I would call a public servant. And uh, we need more of those in this country. And I just wanted to say keep up the good work. Thank you very much, Kyra. I much appreciate that. I do appreciate that. Very much. That very kind, gracious words. Thank you, and I hope to see you again as you're traveling around the country when you come back to the U.S. Okay, and thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Scarlett. Thank you, Sherry Ann. Goodbye. Goodbye. All right. So, um, <laughs> so looks like you had I, I, you have I, a, a quite, a, quite a few fans. It's good. There are people, you know. I mean, as I say, you know, that's you know, you know, they they know. I mean, you just go back to that, you know, you know, you know, you picked up on us, or you picked up on what I do, you know, a couple of years back. You know, I, I really don't make a big deal. You're cutting off. Repeat that, please, please, please. You were saying, you know, I mean that, you know. You came across me, you know, not too long ago, and you know, you were taken aback by what we do and what I do and the volume of work. Uh, you know, a lot of what I do is in public. Well, I don't in public. You know, don't. Well, it's kind of almost semi-anonymous. I, I don't deny you. I just do it, and it's there. So you, you talk about at the beginning of the volume of work. Well, the volume of the round that I do for people, including my partner, Maeve McMahon, and those who are we do this on the period. Never announce until the work is somewhere we sure that the work is ready to go. And then we give it directly to the public. So we don't advertise it. We don't usually go into theaters. We don't, you know, we just do a vast amount of work on a continuous basis, and it's there. We don't try and make personality of us. We keep the principle to the forefront. And, you know, that, that gives us you know, uh, anonymity. It gives us uh, and, and people who come like Scarlett, you know, like yourself, uh, like the uh, projects in New, in New York, uh, and a friend, you know, there is and join in and bring what they need to us and keep part of their contribution, you know, into the situation. And I think... You're cutting off a, you you're know, cutting off a little bit. Could you repeat what you just said? You said Scarlet, me, and then you just kind of got, got chopped. Repeat that, please. So, you know, you know, all of a sudden, you, you know, you, you, know you, 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 you discover, you know, what we're, you know, what, you know, what, what, what I'm trying to do and what others are trying to do. To exactly to what you're and that's really job. I mean, you know, I, I always try and find people who are you know, awake to the same things. That's, that's the essence And, you know, it doesn't, it's not about a big audience of a, a, a crowd of people. It's about people who acknowledge what's going on and mirror.
real beauty of it. And so all of the water for you know, I, 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 I basically, when I do those jobs, I'm connected from a normal people on a daily basis. that suit and the intimacy of that suit and the safety of that suit and also the way that that kind of, you know, you know, that manifests itself. In, you know, it's it's just, it's, it's, it, it, it's in those kind of small moments uh, that you know the the absolute you know if people think it's courageous work and brave work, you know it, it's it, it, that's 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 you know it's really really well, all, all all it really is you know what I mean you know what I mean, you know what I mean? that we don't hear enough of because everybody say yourself. Kind of close down one to to the mainstream media. It will bring out, but they don't see, you know. And most people, I suppose, this section of it, is that most people aren't allowed to be the owners of their own stuff. Can you repeat that, please? Because you're chopping, most, you're, you're, you're chopping in and out. I'm sorry. Most people are not allowed to be the owners of their own stories. Ah, yes. Most people are not allowed to be owners of their own story. And so just to just to kind of bring up again, you know, James X, when I saw you performing, I felt as though, I felt as though that that, you know, and it was inspiring to me because I felt that you were able to do that, but you were able to, you know, project the sense that, you know, you are telling, you know, your own story, but not just your own story. The stories of those um, people who are not able to, as you say, own their story and to be able to go on stage with that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that, I, that, that, I, I think you know what, 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 what happens in the in the in the in the story uh, and the and the performance of James X that, you know. What one stakeholds oneself into it and, you know, becomes the kind of parent and the guardian of it and the vehicle to deliver it. The fact is that parts of the story have emotional, you know, mental, physical, spiritual, uh, true experiences for me. It's not a novel experience or a biographical experience, but what is experience based on a truth? What, once you establish a truth, that that truth becomes part of you. It becomes part of who you are, how much you are. You express that truth. You don't express that truth just physically. You express truth every single way that life has. That's how you express truth. Once that transfers into a, a public or into those that gather, they recognize that truth because they see that truth in its entirety. It's not something that you hear or that you listen to. It's something that you feel in your bones and that you feel in your soul. And in and essentially, you walk away with an experience. And that experience is not just about a, 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 a sensation you've had in a theater or in a gallery. The experience you receive, you know what I mean, uh, once you witness uh, uh, James X, 
is part of your own courage and your own truth and your own willingness to allow yourself to be part of the ritual of truth sharing. Yes, that's exactly that's exactly where 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 it went for me. I mean, listening listening to you, watching you, and you know, being able to connect. You're not when you when you sit in that audience and you're witness to James X. You're not allowed to just sort of fade out and to just kind of you know have that suspension of disbelief that you know that that the audience is encouraged to do. The audience, the audience is, is, is participating in that process, and by that same token, the audience has to face up to their own truth, their own experiences. I know that for me, listening to you brought back some very unpleasant memories of my own experience of being sexually assaulted, and I, there was just no way that I was going to just sort of mute that out, and so that said to me, well, maybe that's something that I need to be I need to be relating. I need to. I need to write about myself, and so listening to you um, expose your spirit, expose your soul, and say, "Here, this is this is this is my reality. This is my reality at that particular particular point, and this is an ongoing reality for so many different people." That to me, um, that was truth telling. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, what we're faced with in 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 in, in the room is a a a a, a place where we cannot uh, where we don't have any. Uh, but you're not. You're 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 basically taken out of a comfortable your setting. There is that is not. And uh, built like an orchestral competition because it needs to stand up, you know, on Hawk in downtown LA. And if it stands on a sidewalk in stand, you know, up on a sidewalk in Dublin and be able to to the public employee, uh, the best to get there. Because we all recognize, you know, and we all recognize a truth. I've experienced what is James X. It's not in that, because there are, you know, mean, to our extreme private and what experience. No, uh, uh, least into um, another whereby it's it's coming part of your life as opposed to part of what happened. Too many would know that you know back into the police experience, the court experience. Uh, the victim experience uh, and the survival experience without without giving any consent to these people to label them victims, survivors, you know what I mean, etc., etc. We, we, you know, so what James X does is it pulls all that back, it takes all that away, you know, it tries its utmost to euphoric recalling 
to kind of, you know, stop. And then it begins to own its own truth. It tells in a matter-of-fact way. I'm very mindful of the people who sit there as public and, and what they're experiencing and what they're going. Very aware of the hurt, the pain, the trauma, the grief, the suffering, the loss, the tragedy, the funny parts, the good parts. You know, you know where we're all combined into, you know what I mean, a, a, a manifestation of something at the end of the day that is essentially a great ritual. You know, that ritual cannot take place without yourself and others being there to witness it and to be participant in it. As opposed to in the theater, become a consumer. Yes, that is, and, and, and I think that, I think that American audiences um, have, yeah. I mean, every once in a while you'll, you'll, you'll see moments such as the moment that you create with, with James X. But I think that American audiences, for the most part, have been socialized and programmed to think of art as something to consume, as opposed to actually experiencing it, as opposed to actually being a participant in in the shaping of uh, the shaping of it. And I think that um, you know anyone going to see James X needs to, you know, if they if they didn't understand it when they walk in, by the time they walk out, they you know they get that deep programming process put it in, put into put into place. But I mean that is very much um, something that I, I think young people need to um, have a bit more exposure to. We saw some of that, you know, with with the Black Arts Movement. We definitely saw that. And we do see that with, you know, with some of the post-cult movements and in, in, in Afrofuturism. But I'm afraid that we, as a collective, we have um, not been able to embrace it. And now, more than ever, we need to we need to have that in order for us to even understand what art is, you know, as opposed to just being entertained. Um, yes. I definitely got the sense when I read that read the, the New York Times review that the person who watched it didn't watched your play didn't watch the same play that I watched, and he was there on, the, on that opening night or whenever, or the or, but he didn't see the same play that I saw. And I think that what what we're looking at is we're looking at um, not just you know run of the mill folk, but supposedly educated folk who don't get it and who don't understand that it's not, you know, you don't just sort of walk in and, you know, entertain me. Um, <laughs> that's not where it's at. And you're not going to get James X if you're looking to be entertained, if you're looking to just sort of um, just kind of fade off into the distance and, you know, and, and watch somebody on, on stage. You have to be yep. there and you have to pay attention. The, you know, the person in the, 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 you know, the New York Times Review you know, didn't get anything because they weren't there, you know what I mean? They just weren't present, you know what I mean? So, you know, if if someone is not going to participate, well, then they're not going to participate. And I, I don't I don't have the time. You know, it, it reminds me of the child, you know what I mean, that wants all the jelly and the ice cream in the bowl. And you say, look, you can have all the jelly and the ice cream, but you have, can only have it in small spoons because it's a small bowl. And then they decide that they're not going to 
a year that was great. Right. So basically, and, 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 right, and, and I, I think you hit the nail on the head. And if you walk in and you've already decided that you're not going, that that you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm just not, not going to eat the ice cream. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to participate. And you know, and that I'm, I'm here to, to, you know, to judge, assess, and you know, and and to think. That that's what happened. That 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 person simply was not going to participate uh, because you know they had already gone there with the gym. Because you say kind of, it out. Pardon? No. Yeah. Yeah, I'm here. Hello. You're here too. Hello. Are you still there? Yeah. 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 Okay. No, it, it, it simply wasn't. So it it, it wasn't a shock to me. You know what I mean? You know. Um. You know. I I can. You know. You know. I've been in many places, including kind of you know alcohol rehab places where people have turned around. And, you know. I. I Now you've been to rehab places and you have found found what again? I'm sorry. I've been to rehab places, you know, where I have listened to people turn around and tell me that they actually don't know why they're there. Well, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> if you don't know why you're there, you you're not going to get cured. By the time it's over, exactly why you're here and why you were here. So that we have a month to figure out why you're here. And all you have to do is stay here on a daily basis. Um, but our friend was simply not present. He was in another place. And he wrote about something that was entirely in his own place, or whoever it was. He wrote completely something that was uh, very different. Okay. I'm not going to separate anybody from their denial. You know, you know, places of denial are, you know, are, are, are good places of refuge. And um, I'm not uncomfortable about someone else's. Denial. I'm only uncomfortable. Right. Yeah, you know, and, so, and and but, yeah. right, and people, you know, and it's, it's, the point is, is that it's, it's not that it's not that you know feedback is not not welcome. The point is, is that if you're not <laughs> just from reading reading the, 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 the you know, his reaction, it seemed to me that he really was not getting it. And yeah, there seemed to be a, 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 a disconnect. There seemed to be a cultural disconnect, too. Look, there, 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 you know, I, I simply haven't got that much time for, you know, that whole review process and that whole, you know, you know, critical review, you know, newspaper review. I simply don't buy into it. By and large, I wouldn't invite them people to the show. I never do, okay? I just don't <laughs> people running the length of New York to get in and out of shows. I've, I've no time for theatrical nonsense. I, I was in the theater, you know, per se, for the best part of 20-odd years, rehearsing, playing, opening, closing, you know what I mean? Show to show, la 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 la, la la land. Do you know what I mean? Like absolutely yeah. ridiculous, la la land. You know what I mean? For what? You know what I mean? You know, to get a job in Hollywood, to get a job on a, some some movie. You know what I mean? To sponsor. I mean, you know, you know, you know, what? you know. Hey, you were fa- you were fantastic in this. It's irrelevant. It's largely irrelevant and. 
you know, people in the theater don't do that. Even and the reviews back around them are the same thing. You know, so, you know, you, you, you want to go off Broadway and, you know, watch once, you know what I mean, and sit down there and cry your eyes out and you want to spend $100 to do that. Be my guest, you know what I mean? Really, right. my um, And James X, you know what I mean, is what it is. Uh, you know, it comes out of, you know what I mean, a huge history. It was the first piece of work, you know what I mean, to expose child sexual abuse within the Catholic Church. It was the first kind of piece of work that challenged all of that in documentation in every way you possibly could, you know what I mean? Um, but I've never stood up, you know, as an artist to try and further my career with clowns, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, who wish and be in another world or try and get me to buy into their, to their reviews. I simply want someone who is from the newspaper to come in and report to the public, you know what I mean, advance in the understanding of the issues of child sexual abuse as perpetrated by religious congregation and experienced by individuals in, you know, society and given representation culturally in various spaces in New York, Dublin or London. That's all I want. So it's that people out there who are stuck in regimes of secrecy, you know what I mean, or regimes of fear because of what happened to them in their childhood, know that this thing now is becoming a very, very public issue and that the integrity and their dignity is being given due regard and, you know, is being delivered dutifully in, you know, in public space story tells. So right. I, I, I suppose had I went out there and handed up and theatricalized it and given, you know, cultural representation, you know what I mean, or interpretation of the story, he would have laughed it. Because then, you see, I would have been championing somebody's story. I would have been championing the story of the else, and that would have been acceptable to that kind of a viewer. But once you actually stand in your own experience, in your development of your own making, they don't like that. You know what I mean? They, they, they you know, yes, I do. they don't yes. And as I say, you know, uh, I, 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 you know, I've got great respect for individuals, but I, you know, and I've lots of respect for various reviewers, but I don't take any of that, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, seriously. And it was a great pleasure traveling thousands of miles over to New York to have that kind of, you know, what I mean, reviewer, you know, what I mean, um, um, uh, person. Well, when I listen, when I when I read the review. Um, it's what? kind of in a in a, in a very right and strange. Go ahead. Sorry, it was just a great pleasure to go to New York to have that kind of a person confirmed because they're global. That kind of review. It's yeah. not. It's not just to New York. It's global, and you know I've had that same denial, you know, in many places, uh, and have that same denial when I wrote about the issue uh, twenty odd years ago. And I was on RTE, Irish Television Network, and various presenters of television programs more or less said that I was a liar and that I was making the story up. And the Christian brothers and the priests were lovely people, and they wouldn't dream of doing that. And I was a bad person, you know, and, you know, and and not blackguard to be, you know, you know, uh, demonizing, you know, the great work of the Christian brothers. Uh, Twenty years later, same individual uh, acknowledged. Wrong, but he was actually wrong back then. 
So it's it's possible, you know what I mean? And for all that person was doing was denying a New York audience or a New York public an opportunity to go along and see something that I think they would have enhanced their understanding. So basically, you know, he 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 didn't give them that opportunity. Those who basically follow the New York Times reviews and go for the every word as to whether they're going to go out the door or not, you know? Yes, I do. And, and as I was saying to you, um, reading that, you know, it just kind of, it kind of reminded me in a very odd way, just reading that review, kind of reminded me of my outside readers when I submitted my dissertation and I had the outside reviewers. And it occurred to me that as my outside reviewers were attacking me, that I was, you know, that I was being attacked, but in a strange way, those mm-hmm. who had, who were on my committee, who had advised me, were also being attacked for the sin of, you know, having me, you know, present something that seemed to offend their sensibilities or their version of what they would consider to be the truth. They couldn't, you couldn't, can't argue that, you can't argue that, 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 you know, that the work is, that the work is not yours, the work is yours. But what you can yeah. do is attack that person, but by that same token, attack those people who brought it to you. I felt like you were being attacked, but I think that, um, I think Gabriel Byrne was being attacked in a way. And, it was, you know, how dare you bring this to the New York audience? How dare you not fall in line with what's supposed to be a, 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 a appropriate, um, you know, appropriate uh, um, theater to be consumed, that it's not something that, well, not something that this, this man thought would be uh, appropriate for an audience to, to to watch. I felt like that that that's where it was coming from, and maybe didn't you know? May, maybe I'm being a little bit too too sensitive about it, but I felt like I felt like when I watched this, I was like, hmm, somebody's gonna be really yeah. pissed off, and I knew yeah, that this- I knew that there would be some people who probably felt like, well, you know. You know, where is this coming from? Well, it's coming. It's, com- it's coming straight from the news. It's from that same newspaper. Wait, you hear about you know priests and hear about the Christian brothers doing all of this stuff. Okay, so here's an artistic rendition of that truth, and you mean to tell me that you can't accept that? That you can't. Yeah, but he, well, he, he was trying to impose his own, you know, aesthetic on us. You know, I mean, like, you know, I mean, that's the way he was. He was trying to curate it. But if you read down through, the, you know, the actual, you know, uh, review itself, you know, it's a... More yeah. about him, you know, I mean, you know, you know, that's the way it was. I mean, he was chewing, chewing gum, you know, in the back of the class, and he was... New York... You, say, you, you just visit. faded out a little bit. You were saying, um, you were saying, so is a, is a, is a city, you know what I mean, uh, like, you know, and, you know, that I would re-engage in, you know, with the process again, you know, outside of that kind of a setting that would engage, you know, reviewers. As I say, there wouldn't be people that I would be inviting along, you know what I mean, and be making, you know, a big effort to invite along. I just don't see the reason why I would do that. It's not about them. I'm not trying to great review. Right. You know what I mean? No, I'm, not not. Try- I'm, not, I'm not trying to kind of like, you know, guarantee this great review so as when I go along to the Hollywood 
tasking people. I can say, well, I've got rave reviews. I'm not trying to attract, you know, you know, in, you know, CSI Miami. <laughs> Go back to New York and offer it to the the New York Police Department kind of you know social club and say here you maybe get some understanding of what you're trying to you need. Yeah. Same kind of you know, abuse manifests itself in adults who you may or may not come across in your line of duty. I'm much more interested in in, in them than I am in some you know, sitting comfortably in his own, in his own, and the soul, you know, that that you on James X. I, 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 you know, I, I really, you know, and I usually throw in an extra prayer. You fade it out. Can you repeat it out? You will now. You bet. <laughs> wow, for a while I couldn't hear your voice. So I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, James X has been performed to one person, two persons, ten persons, five persons. The first time that James X was actually performed, it was performed you know, in a basement uh, to a security who worked as you know dome on nightclubs in the Dublin area. And these uh, tough guys, you know what I mean, all, you know, martial arts experts, all gentlemen. Uh, and, uh, and I asked them, you know, they were, this was a training space, and I asked them would they stay back for an hour because I wanted to have a talk with them, and I wanted them to see something and give me their opinion. And I gave them James X for an hour and a half, and <laughs> there wasn't a the going on. What did you say? So, wasn't the joy eye in the house. It, it deeply affected these men, you know. Yes, and I think that that's and and I think that's the other that's that's the other piece of it. The other um you know the other the other silence that's, that's there. The fact that this is this is a play that that very much speaks to um, men's pain. Um, that you know it is possible to be a man and be. Um, Victimized by the state, victimized by the church, uh, but it's also possible as a man to express that um, and to and to speak to that, and that it does need to be, um, you know, put into put into flesh and blood, you know, on on stage, and so, the, you know, you're you're breaking the silence, you're breaking the the, the traditional silence, you know, um, you know, the, the, the quiet man's silence. You're doing something that's that's you know. That is radical in that sense. It's quite unreasonable, okay, and it's quite reasonable to think, okay, or to assume that during the horrendous torture of the Christ figure, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yeah. it's it, it, it's reasonable to assume that during that horrendous torture that he was sodomized or sexually abused. You know, well, I mean, I mean you know. and that that is a that is that is definitely a way to to humiliate as a part of part of part of control. But then again, the text is, 
is silence on that. And so what you're doing is 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 actually giving voice to that. Yeah, you see, this is yeah. where the situation is where the fundamentals of control are, because it's all about violence, it's all about containing, and the uh, the, the 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 issue of of sexually abusing children from those in very powerful positions, be them, you know, people in the pay of powerful people or powerful people themselves. It is it is has been and always will be an enormous weapon. Yeah, the invention of one, I mean, you know, a sacred self, uh, and the and the absolute horrendous, you know, I mean, impact of that constitutional assault, you know, I mean, on the most sacred of places, uh, and the complete of integrity, and the threat goes all the the uh, the reasons. And the what is even more horrendous is the age and also involved in the perpetrators and the part of the conspiracy in. Part of the conspiracy of the continuous torture and the closed down nature, you know, that it's phenomenal in America, you know what I mean, that no, you know, law enforcement agency, you know, in federal America have not rounded on, you know, the bishops in Boston, you know, uh, and other areas uh, and other states and seized their documents. Why have they not, you know, regarded? They probably they they then they probably should they could do it under the RICO Act because I mean it is I mean it it could be and it probably should be considered to be organized crime under the RICO Act that's exactly what they should do. The reason why they don't want to deal with that situation is is because they're too uncomfortable with dealing with crimes you know I mean of sexual crimes except through through television representations of them it's never really discussed. You know, so we don't, when it comes to institutionalized clerical sexual abuse and this whole issue, and the fact that they were hidden, they were contained, they were facilitated, and that the states and the, the government of America and Europe have not, you know, made, you know, had a joint venture, organized criminal investigation into the wholesale abuse of children, you know, by clerics is outrageous. And it flies in the face, you know, of the teachings. Uh, that Christ laid down for uh, the institution, for for the Christian faith, for for that whole issue. It's it 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 it's quite extraordinary. But when, once you get power, investigating power, it, it never happens. I mean, in Ireland, they indemnified the church, uh, the state did prior to any investigation, and in doing that, they also indemnified themselves. You know, and that there was some sort of like if you were assaulted by a citizen or some sort of, like, you know, uh, criminal male, uh, that was horrendous. But if you were assaulted by a, a cleric or a person from an institution, th- that was somewhat different because they were educated and it wasn't really a crime. And, you know, and, you know, and, and it wasn't really criminality. So, as I say, there's a law for the rich, there's a law for the poor, and there's no law whatsoever that touches upon the almighty powerful clerics. 
And it's extraordinary because, again, you know, the church and institutions of faith are completely entwined and entangled into institutions of government and state. There are six to one, half a dozen to the other. And they control and contain by their very existence. And as I say, we have ample evidence, without question, global evidence, of conspiracy to conceal crime, conspiracy to aid and abet fugitives, and absolute disregard for child protection uh, and the welfare of children in the face uh, of gross uh, negligence and indifference to predatory pedophiles who are priests and, and who are part of religious congregation. Outrageous. I mean, you, you, you know, you, you, if, if someone was to write it down, you know, you, you just simply, it becomes, becomes unbelievable. The fact that we haven't even acknowledged it in any significant way, the absolute wrong of what had happened, the fact that we haven't actually began to make changes, real changes, uh, and accept what has happened is, is outrageous. I mean, only recently in Ireland, we had, you know, a bishop who basically felt uh, compelled to make a statement saying that as far as he was concerned, he felt that what was going on between a member of his, uh, his, his, his uh, what was going on between a, a priest and a child was a relationship. <laughs> a relationship. Yeah, we call that pedophilia here. <laughs> we call that pedophilia. There's, there's no relationship. He's a racist. <laughs> Here's a person, you know what I mean, that wants to kind of like, you know, gather, you know, a flock of human people, you know, to be able to live, you know what I mean, within the teachings of Christ. And he couldn't have those. The reality yeah. of what's happening. You have to ask yourself one question. Did he ever hear confession in the confession boxes? Did he ever hear I mean, the truth of what was being told to him all those years, you know, in confession boxes? Uh, no. I, I, but, I mean, I mean, well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, well, I didn't grow up Catholic, but <laughs> I went to Catholic school but didn't grow up Catholic. What, yeah, but I mean, what's not really about being... Go ahead. You know, I say it's not really about even being... You know, it's, it, 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 it's about denial of criminality, uh, you know, and the way faith-based organizations, be them Catholic, be them Episcopalian, be them Jewish, be them... You know, be, be, how, yeah. you know, and the, and the institution is protected by those who are institutionalized and the powerful are protected. And those, you know, who have been upon are, are ridiculed and dismissed as hysterics. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's, that's the whole idea, you know, that to to dismiss um, those who've been victimized as hysterics as, you know, there's something, something wrong, you know, with you or, you know, you act for it, you know, the whole nine yards. And you see that happening, to, you know, with women. Well, um, you see it also with, with men and, you know, and, 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 and children who, you know, who, who who are asking for help and asking to, you know, to be, uh, you know, to be rescued from, from either that as the current situation or to, you know, who, who need to have spiritual relief, emotional relief from the impact 
of that. I mean, you literally have all of this shit being just kind of heaped on you by this criminal, you know, under the guise of, of, of authority. You're left with that. And so yeah, I, it's easier for it's easier for society to, to to deny that and to say, well, this person couldn't have couldn't have done that. There's something wrong with you. Well, we need well, we need to, you know we we need to find this this next place, you know, this place where we are no longer detained by people who have closed their ears and closed their hearts off to you know truth and move to the next place, the place where the Pope can be informed without being filtered. Uh, to the in a certain kind of you know uh, saccharine and commodified way. I mean, next month in Ireland we take a vote on constitutional rights of the child, where the child, as a separate entity, will have separate constitutional rights enshrined as human being in the constitution. Unheard of in this country, because as the child was the property of parents. You faded out. Unless, of course, they were very poor people and the state could intervene by removing their child and selling them off. But now in right. Ireland, in, in November, we will have a vote, you know, a, 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 a constitutional vote to ensure the constitution of Ireland, the rights of the child. It's important mm-hmm. to that the constitution never saved anybody from being tortured. See what I mean? That human rights and civil rights, you know what I mean, you know, are something that you constantly vigilant about and constantly have to be on your guard and constantly have to fight for. So the constitutionality is correct to put the child, you know, in and enshrine the child's rights, you know, separate in that separate from the parents. Okay. But the very state mm-hmm. that wanted to is a very state that allowed horrendous abuses to take place, uh, uh, happen to its children. Uh, in, in since the foundation of this space. And we a publication on children who died in the care of the state in the last uh, 15 years, numbered uh, about 120 children who died in the care of the state in, 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 the, in most recent years. A scandalous situation. Absolutely a great situation uh, that's happening. So, as I say, you know, Rights enshrined in constitution and in law are no substitute for eternal vigilance for protection and freedoms. And eternal vigilance is the order of the day. And I suppose, going back to that point that you made about people who are not that concerned about who is their governor or who is on the board, that's because they're not vigilant. And if they're not vigilant, well then you're not awake in your life and you're not, you know what I mean, akin to your surroundings you know, and you're basically like, you know, a a a a a a a a kind of inactive from a tree, just kind of stalling there for no apparent reason. Have your reasons and have your purpose. Sometimes these purposes are given to us by strength and unhappy or traumatic experiences. You must make great work unhappy and traumatic experiences. You must own all of those experiences and I believe never the hands of courts, the perpetrators or any of those people who would wish to continuously commodify 
or mm-hmm. has a, you know, you're a person who has experienced, you know what I mean, um, traumatic experience, but you own that traumatic experience. And is one that's very much owned by those who walk out after experiencing uh, that presentation, you know. Yes. Yes. I think, I think we, I, 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 I think we, I think we've had a, had a very heavy, heavy, beautiful conversation, Maddox. Um, and start- believe it or not, we've, we've, we, well, we started off, we started off, you know, just talking about your origins and we have come full circle. Yeah. And so, um, I want to kind of, um, as we kind of wind down, we've gone, we've we've gone well over this over the over the two hours, which I did expect um, would uh, would happen. Um, it's definitely something that I would expect to happen um, with our conversation. Um, so, just so that our audience, because folks are going to going to uh, download this, Jeff uh, Jeffrey Kelly is, is still listening. Um, he was on a little bit earlier and, and talked a little bit about your about what you've been saying, and he wanted to know, well, how can I get you know more episodes on? Um, and so I am on iTunes, and so um, for our audience, if you're interested in downloading this episode and going back and listening, I know that there are patches in which you know it's kind of in and out, but you know go back and re-listen, and you'll be able to to pick out those 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 fuzzy edges. Um, all you have to do is go to iTunes and do a search at the edge. That's all you have to type in. Then click on podcast. You'll see my face pop up, and you can either hit subscribe or you can just download this individual episode, Manix Flynn, um, Traffic and Sold. And so well, I want to thank you, Manix, first and foremost. Second of all, I want to make sure that you get as many plugs as possible because I know you're appearing in several places. So could you could you relate and, and share with us where you're going to be and what your current project is? Yeah, well, well we're going to be uh, in uh, Krakow uh, from Sunday until uh, f- uh, f- uh, Friday uh, performing uh, James X uh, and also launching James X and Nothing to Say, two publications in the Polish language and also delivering some keynote addresses on the issue. Uh, of drama representation, uh, cultural representation, and also the issue of, you know, the Catholic Church and clerical abuse and the state and those who enable and facilitate that particular thing. We come out of there and I go to Waterford, where I will be doing James X at the Imagine Festival on the 26th uh, and the 27th, which is a Friday, uh, sorry, a Friday and a Saturday. Um, um, and they would be delivered then. And then I go into London where I'm working with Maeve McMahon to put together a piece of work which is a a a a a a, 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 a visual art um, uh, installation and drama presentation, uh, uh, literary presentation of the issues surrounding those women who were incarcerated in Ireland's Magdalene Laundries and those women whose children were taken from them. The piece is called uh, uh, um, um, <clears throat> the piece is called Tentatively, it's called uh, uh, and they did this in Jesus' name. Uh, uh, that's that piece. 
Um, other works that I'm doing is I'm continuing to work on the site about the children who are trafficked out of the country, particularly leading up to the uh, to, to the uh, uh, referendum uh, for the constitutional rights of the child, to draw attention to the fact that these people are still ungathered because you know you have this this kind of gimmick in Ireland now where we are asked to gather all the diaspora Irish back to Ireland uh, for no particular reason other than to get them to spend money and to turn them into, like, you know, consumers. But those that were banished from the country, the children who are trafficked out of the country and stolen from the mothers, they would not necessarily be welcome back and we still have those issues to deal with. And moving on from that particular thing, I am also engaged in a, in a piece of work which I've been working on for 15 years, which is basically um, a story about um, 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 a, 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 an issue that happened in 1984 and where a woman uh, was accused uh, of murdering her child uh, and was uh, coerced into making a statement uh, to that effect and subsequently turned out that, that this person's child was not murdered by her and the actual child that she was accused of murdering wasn't her child at all. Uh, so it's a quite a, 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 a very interesting case. It went under the name of the Curry Baby. So I will be dealing with that issue uh, and that's gross injustice uh, in, the, uh, in, the, in the next uh, uh, couple of uh, months. The piece in London is an ongoing piece and will take about a year to complete. And I am also working on a documentary uh, called Way Out, uh, which deals with all the issues of you know uh, that I've experienced uh, in in my life, uh, and also all of the issues that one has experienced within the state. It looks at the state, and it looks at an individual who uh, comes up against the institutions of the state. And basically, it's about the way you, the way one finds the way out of a situation. So that's what that is about. And between all those kinds of situations, I would be doing my politics, I would be doing my representation of the people in the in the southeast area and the people of Dublin. And in two years' time, I you know I will hopefully run again for election. And so it's very much you know an ongoing piece of work. Uh, and as I say, we continue to engage with the public uh, with truth as uh, as the opportunities arise. Very good, very good. That sounds excellent. Thank you very much for, for, for joining us today on At the Edge, um, Manus. And, you know, I do want to say, um, you know, we'd love to have you on again. And so <laughs> maybe next time, oh, we won't have so many issues with this guy. This is my first time doing this. And so I do apologize for, um, you know, the technology not being all that it says that it, it, that it should be. But I think that this was overall a success, and I am so glad you were on this show. Um, well, look, say something? I just want to facilitating and hearing, you know, Ozell's, you know, and hearing, you know, I mean, the voice and, you know, allowing that to happen. It's been really, you know, it, and it makes no difference. Can we say it out again? <laughs> you say it out again. Pardon? Hello. Okay, Hello? you were saying you yeah, you're there. You know, the platform to be allowed to speak for on on at length on certain issues, 
you know what I mean, you know, on the airwaves and to have the conversation because it's a conversation between both of us. And of that, yes, it would take what undoubtedly, and that's that's a good opportunity. And you know, you know, out there, you know, in the hemisphere, in the technology, is this conversation? Hopefully, those. And from New York, of this tape for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and 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 here's the other the, the other piece, you know, the other piece that that that's absolutely great about this because it's on iTunes because this particular show is you know available for anybody to download at any point in time. You can direct people to this particular recording. Um, and you know, play it, uh, play it back. If you need sound bites, you know that kind of thing. And so that's the, the wonderful thing about it. Um, at this point now, we've got at, at almost, I've got almost ten thousand um, listeners, and definitely after this show, we'll, we'll definitely go over the mark with that one. And so um, interest in you know in at the edge um, is continually growing. So that means you have a wider reach long term and continually get people, you know, downloading the show and listening to it and occasionally commenting. And for that matter, the, to the audience that if you're listening um, and you would like to um, send commentary um, to me or to, to, to Manix, um, you can always email me um, at afrofuturistscholar at gmail.com scholar at gmail.com. Um, you can also reach me um, at drcat, dr.cat, um, at math.com. Manic, is there an email that, you, that you'd like to, to give out, or would you like me to just field it? I don't have any problems doing that. Many messages, as you wish, to manix.flynn at dublincity.ie. Okay, very good, very good. And so um, you always oh. have access. Uh, we're both on we're both on Twitter, and so you can reach me, Dr. Turpin. Um, you can also reach um, Manix Flynn on Twitter. He's Manix Flynn, so there's always that opportunity to to do that. And so please do give us some feedback on what you've heard today. Um, it doesn't all have to be positive either. Just you know, share your share your thoughts, um, and please come back next week. On the 24th, I will be interviewing Vanessa Maddox. She's CEO of the Girlfriend Group. We're going to be talking about um, when we first met back in college, back in 84. I'm dating myself, but that's okay. Um, And so we're going to be talking about the Girlfriend Group and how she got started with that group. Um, On November 2nd, I will be talking with Aflory Rossi. And she has a website uh, that's dedicated to um, black um, sexuality that's not exploitative, but that celebrates, um, you know, sexuality coming out of the African diaspora. She's got a new video out. She's got more stories out. She has a collection of short stories out. We're going to talk about those. We're going to also talk about interracial relationships and the politics of those as well. And so please do ask. Um, both shows will be happening at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so we're going back to our regular time. Manage, did you have uh, some last words for us? 
Uh, yeah, the last words are that I hope to see you all in uh, in Washington one day when I go over and perform James X, and uh, you know uh, that's you know be a great thing to do. Um, and as I say, you know, there's uh, uh, you know there's all you know I mean everything to live for, you know, on this planet, every everything to live for, uh, and it's quite obvious, you know, I mean what not to live for, uh, and there are manifestations of that all over us at the moment, uh, far too many for my liking. But there's still a huge amount of greatness in the world. There's still a huge amount of love in the world. Uh, and within that capacity of love is all our answers. Uh, you know, and that's what it is. And it's not superficial love. It's the real, genuine love that comes out of the ownership you know, I mean, of all your experience, good, bad, or indifferent, uh, and the sharing of those experiences on the very short amount of time that we have on this great mysterious journey. So um, I'll say goodnight to you all from Dublin. I will leave you and love you. And as the old saying goes from WBH, tread softly because you tread on my dreams. Oh, God, right. that is gorgeous. All right. Love to okay. you, Annick. And you good night. Um, God bless. Okay, bye. Bye-bye.